This is Charles Adler Tonight On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to Charles Adler live weekday nights on 980 CKW Vancouver, 770 CHQR Calgary, 630 Ched Edmonton, 680 CJOB Winnipeg, 640 Toronto, 980 London, and live on the Radio Player app. So we've talked about the use of facial recognition software in places like China where the technology can send you a fine. If you jaywalk, yeah, they send it to you. <laughs> or talk to merits off your so-called personal credit score. Everyone in China will have one of those, right? If you're not behaving yourself, you get demerits. And that can cost you. It can cost you when you want to leave the country. It can cost you when you want a job. It certainly would cost you if you want to become a member of the party. Your personal credit score, everyone's got a report card that's going 24-7. But yesterday, we found out that Amazon is selling facial recognition software to law enforcement. So what kind of repercussions can this have? And why are civil rights groups so worried? And, and should we be worried? Every time we think about being worried about the future, the first thing we do is call Nick Badminton, who's the futurist. Nick, I hope you don't feel we're passed by making you our go-to guy when we've got a little anxiety about the future. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm here to uh, increase the anxiety or to, or, or, to, or to make us feel a little bit better. All right, so one way or other, you'll, you'll mitigate the anxiety or, or you'll give us even more reasons uh, to worry. Well, what are your thoughts on this recognition software and everything else that we've been discussing with respect to whether or not we should be concerned about our liberty? Yeah, I, I've, been, I've been aware that Amazon's been uh, developing this kind of software for some time. And uh, the, 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 big, the big challenge with this is uh, a lot of people... The ACLU are saying, you know, this is a flawed system. False recognitions are a problem. It's actually been fine to be like racially biased as well. So um, a problem where you're actually using something that's ultimately a surveillance system um, is, is that you're trying to gather evidence or see bad behavior. But if you're, act, if you're accidentally um, numbering someone out of the crowd and saying you're, you're a bad person and they haven't done something bad, then, you know, what recourse do you have when they've got it all on video and they say, yeah, but our algorithm is right, you know, 99.9% of the time. So what's the advantage of this over what we have now? I mean, it doesn't matter where we go. Uh, We don't always know it, but uh, we know that they exist, especially in public places. Uh, Cameras, what's the advantage of this over cameras as far as law enforcement is concerned? Well, it's instantaneous recognition. And uh, when I was reading the article, I was thinking, okay, we, there's been a spat of uh, school shootings. Could it could it potentially be installed in schools and could it see bad behaviour there or workplaces and, and discrimination and bad, you know, and, and breaking of policies? What about high population outdoor space or transit systems? Can, can we potentially use this to uh, mitigate crime? And so, sorry, I think it could be incredibly positive, but I don't think we can have a blanket surveillance system like this out in out in the real world because ultimately. <laughs> People are just going to be going about normal lives, and, and these systems have to be trained and can't always uh, make the right decision, I don't think, anyway. Well, Nick, can you see a time in the not-distant future where all of us, no different than the facial recognition with our own devices, that all of us uh, will have our faces recorded in some data bank for national and local law enforcement, and that's what makes it then really easy, because not only can they uh, take a look at who we are, they will know who we are. I mean, this is the discussion around uh, privacy policies on a per-country basis, right? Um, I, I think that countries where terrorism is a threat, I do think that it's gonna, there's going to be a higher instance of this kind of technology 
countries where it's not, it's going to be a highly debated topic and there's going to be less justification for doing it. Um, it, I, I still think that people are going to have, a, going to give people the choice of whether they want to be in the system or not. But what scares me about the Amazon system is, you know, what data comes with the system that's um, being sold? Is it going to be facial recognition from all of the Whole Foods stores that they're, they've actually uh, um, purchased now? Is it going to be from the warehouses? Is it going to be from profile pictures on their network? I, I don't know. I think there's some big privacy issues here. So what do you say to people who say, well, you know what, uh, there was a time when I wouldn't make any purchases on my, my Visa, my MasterCard, my Amex. I wouldn't do any of it online. I was really worried. I was hearing a lot of stories. But I just broke down after a while. I just said, you know, they got me. This is the way of the world. I can't function without uh, using online, without shopping online, without using my credit card online. I know that somebody who shouldn't have my numbers has my numbers, but I just give up. I concede that's modern-day life. It's 2018. What else am I going to do? Do you think that that kind of attitude, which is now, if not the majority, certainly the, the plurality, do you think that kind of attitude will sort of impact itself on what we're talking about right now? Yeah, I mean, it's all about ease, ease of use of any system. In China, they've already got um, new smart cities that use the face for biometric recognition for access to transit systems, bank accounts, paying for services. I think that these systems could potentially uh, roll out a little further. I mean, you've even got facial recognition to unlock your, your iPhone 10 right now as well. So I, I think this is a trend over the next three to five years. It's going to be a highly debated topic, but I think... You know, those facial databases are going to get bigger and bigger year by year. And by the way, I've known a few people who got the iPhone 10, and uh, one of the first things they told me that really turned them on and really gave them a buzz was the facial recognition and, and the way they could just get into their phones with the phone recognizing them. They weren't talking civil liberties or fear, yeah. anxiety. They weren't saying, Chuck, please call Nick Badminton. No, they were, they were really enjoying this feature. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's about living a friction-free life. Technology is, is slowly disappearing, um, but with that disappearance comes the uh, the mapping of our, you know, the way our body operates, the gait of our walk, our facial recognitions, and the data that we bleed every day. So, uh, give me the because uh, we we've done the sort of the, the darker side of this. Um, what's the positive side? Whether how, no matter how you feel about Amazon, just in general, yeah. uh, facial recognition. Give us the the upside, not from a security perspective but simply a consumer perspective, lifestyle perspective, if I just were to simply ask the generic question, how does this enhance our lives? Yeah, it, it's, a really, it's a really difficult question to answer from a consumer perspective because this is all about security. This is all about that sort of thing. It's like I said, if, if you can create friction-free experiences, you can walk in. So there's new Amazon Go stores. If you walk in uh, and it uses facial recognition technology to understand who you are and what you're purchasing. You no longer need to see a cashier and you can walk out. That means that you liberate time in your life. That's the consumer benefit. But ultimately, they can track your your personality and your emotions over time and, and they can see at what moments you're more likely put to purchase um, certain things, adjust the prices and end up selling you more. So what's the consumer benefit? Um, you're ultimately being made part of an algorithm. So uh, it's very, very scary in a way. So, Nick, uh, let me uh, slippery slope this uh, for just a few moments. I generally don't play the slippery slope game, but I enjoy playing it when, I, when I'm with you because you're a, a really creative lad. So here's the uh, slippery slope question. How long before we don't have facial recognition, that'll be considered old hat, 
but thought recognition. In other words, some scan that actually picks up on what we are thinking when we are thinking it. It's really difficult to... Uh, if you've ever used an EEG helmet and you've looked at your brainwaves, I've done that kind of thing. I've, I've got people, people I know that research it. It takes a long time to be able to map a person's brain, let alone work out what they're thinking. Now, we're, we're kind of slowly getting towards the state of having research and development projects that can sort of read our thoughts, do Google searches, and then, and then beam back information in, directly into our brain and our head. So uh, we're very early stages. You know, we're still in science fiction with that kind of scenario. But will it be commonplace? I think it's just going to be too creepy for the future. <laughs> well, let me just give you an everyday example, uh, because a lot of this appeals naturally to people who are beyond just anxiety-driven. They're almost paranoid. So uh, let's say somebody has had uh, just a slew of terrible relationships and doesn't trust uh, the other gender. It doesn't matter to me whether it's male or female. It's irrelevant. Just uh, work with me here. So they don't trust the other gender they get access to some sort of software that tells them what the other person is thinking, and this is the only way they can date, this is the only way they can have a relationship, because Nick Badminton, they simply don't trust anybody. It's a shame, isn't it, if humanity uh, devolves itself into that situation. I, I, think, uh, I think we already read a lot of cues and a lot of social, uh, social behavioral sort of assumptions into like Facebook posts or Instagram pictures or, or text messages and whatever, uh, and it's it's causing a lot of anxiety for a lot of people out there. I, I I still think that I'm a I'm a big fan of meeting someone face to face, and you know what? With a bit of training, you can tell if someone's happy, sad, or if they're lying, and that that's kind of useful. And do you know what? I think that having some AI that would that would help me determine if someone's lying, and then basically beam a status straight into my eye. I, I'm down for that. But we all know that once someone can conceive it, right? Uh, it'll happen. Right. There's definitely a market for this, and as long as there's a market, some inventor's going to do something about it. I got thirty seconds, Nick. Yeah, it's 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 already it's already there. It, it, you know, we're we're already using this kind of technology to be able to do that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> the, the, the things I know, the things I know, and I can't really talk about on radio. But like, wow, Whoa. Uh, the, the, yeah, I, yeah. All right, okay. So we'll just we'll just we'll just we'll just, we'll just check that off in the. Uh, folks, it's not an abstract idea. It may sound crazy, but it's actually happening, says Nick Badminton. He just can't tell us why. Nick, thank you. Thanks very much. Yeah, thank you very much. From Vancouver, this is Charles Adler tonight.